0: Welcome to the Edge Podcast, your home for recruiting news and team analysis inside the Oregon State Beavers football, basketball, and baseball programs. BeaversEdge.com is the authority on all things Oregon State Athletics. Now, here's your host, BeaversEdge.com editor, Mike Singer. Happy day after signing day, Beaver Nation. This is Mike Singer of BeaversEdge.com, joined by our senior writer, Brendan Slaughter. It is Thursday, December 20th. Oregon State signed uh, over 20 prospects um, yesterday in total when you include the transfers that came into the program in the fall. Um, Again, Mike Singer here joined by Brendan Slaughter, who was at the Valley Football Center um, yesterday covering signing day for Oregon State. Um, I had my home office going, reporting on um, all the day's happenings. Um, but Brendan, how's everything going, man?
1: Things are going good. Yesterday was a very exciting day, uh, amped up about the future. Got a chance to talk to Brian Lindgren, Tib Tibisar, and Jonathan Smith. And, you know, I'm going to pull a page out of the Mike Singer book and say I'm fired up. I'm
0: fired up. <laughs> I was you know, The last time we really talked about me being fired up, um, was after the slew of transfers the Beefs got in, in the fall, and we will definitely get to those guys. But I want to start um, by giving a, a quick kind of class overview. Um, so you have the four transfers, of course, and then Oregon State has the two offensive linemen that will be coming in in 2019 that we've talked about plenty of times. But um, Oregon State came into the, came into the day with um, 15... Verbal commitments. Um, Again, not counting the transfers and and the uh, offensive linemen signees and and Josh Bocud and and Josh Gray. And I wrote about on Tuesday night my predictions for the day that were Oregon State is going to sign the 15 commitments and they're going to sign Ciali Liku, who uh, I've just raved about, uh, who I've heard from kind of my scouting sources that say he is a guy who could play. All five positions along the offensive line. I thought he could have come in and, and started at guard or center uh, in 2019 for Oregon State as a true freshman, potentially. And he could also play nose tackle or the two defensive end spots. That's just kind of the, how good Ciali Liku was. And... My sources were feeling pretty good about Ciali Lugu just probably, I don't know, around 5 p.m. Pacific, the day before signing day, Um, and and I'll get into kind of the specifics of what happened, kind of getting more information as this time goes on on why he didn't go with Oregon State, but basically the vibe was that um, he wanted to go to UCLA, it did come down to the Bruins and the Beavers. Um, and there were some kind of things going on behind the scenes um, with Liku and UCLA and why he hadn't already committed there. And he basically got the green light, uh, I'm told, on signing day morning. Um, it might have been on Tuesday, but I believe from people I've talked to um, that were really dialed in with Liku that he got the green light uh, on Wednesday morning. So he his commitment ceremony was around... Um, I believe it was 1 p.m., and and I I was told around maybe 10 that uh, he got the green light. So, you know, uh, that's what I'm hearing. Is that the full story? You know, I I don't know if I have all the details, um, if everything I know is accurate at this point, but that's just kind of the vibe I've been hearing. So, again, great day for Oregon State football, but, man, I I, I have to think back to this time last year when— It was the same exact deal. So Oregon State signed all of its commitments, and I felt really strong about the Beavs landing Halid Jabril, a linebacker from Southern California, and Oregon State lost on him. Fast forward to today, the Beavs signed all of their commitments, but lose out on that one key target. I'll say that I felt better about Oregon State getting Jabril last year than I did about Oregon State getting Lee Koo this year. But I would say Liku is a much better prospect than Jabril was. So, man, that one stings. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to add on Liku. Would have really helped Oregon State. You know, would have he have been an instant starter? I don't know. But would he have been a good one for the Beavers? Definitely. And it just kind of hurts, too, because you think about it, um, he was. He named Oregon State his leader after Mike McIntyre got fired. So Colorado was his leader. McIntyre gets fired. Then Liku says the Beavers were his leader, and then UCLA gets them. It hurts, man. But you know, it's, inter-
1: it's interesting you say that because right before you mentioned the timing, and it was about you know eleven forty five Corvallis, you know Corvallis time when I met with Brian Lindgren. And, you know, I was like, oh, how are you feeling about the class? And he goes, oh, we're feeling, you know, really good. We're waiting on, you know, one more guy. And obviously couldn't go into detail. And he was like, we're feeling good. And looking back, I now know that they were waiting on Liku, who ended up, you know, uh, announcing his commitment a little bit later. But a guy that they, that, you know, we talked about time and time again, that they were figuring was going to uh, potentially be a starter on that offensive line or the defensive line, depending on how things shook out. But, uh like you said, a, a, a bit of a tough loss for Oregon State, and now they'll kind of have to look elsewhere, especially at center. It's, uh, you know, not the end of the world at one point, but at the same token, it's definitely one that stings a little bit.
0: So in last week's podcast, the theme was what will it take for Oregon State to have success in the Pac-12 and mainly focused on the four Pacific Northwest schools, what will it take for Oregon State? And we kind of narrowed in on Washington State because those two programs, uh, the beeves and the Cougars, are a little bit similar, and we looked at that last week. And I mentioned how important it is for Oregon State to get some hidden gems, but I also said the Beavers have to win some recruiting battles against the other Pac-12 schools. And, you know, look at some of the targets Oregon State lost out on. Um, Offensive line, um, while Oregon State did get Rob Vanderlaan, who was a pretty, I think, uh, decent junior college recruit. He's just going to come in as a a true sophomore. So he's he's basically um, like a a true freshman just a year in advance, but um, a, a year under his belt, I should say um and then the um the guys who will be joining the program in 2019 but then you look at some of the guys Oregon State lost out on Liku um Sateo Lameo I, I just butchered his name but uh, Oregon State got an official visit from him and things were kind of looking good in the fall for him he signs with Utah Jason Rodriguez I always said was a long shot he officially visited Oregon State he signed with USC so he had some guys that Oregon State were involved with and I'm sure i Maybe forgetting a couple, uh, and the Beavs lost out on some offensive line prospects. Ku definitely would have helped them. Again, like I said, he had that all that versatility, so he could have um, filled a hole. You know, at potentially uh, you know several spots. Um, so that one hurts. But hey, Oregon State's got some uh, options in January. They can recruit some guys to sign in February, and of course they have Nathan Eldridge out there, the Arizona graduate transfer who Beaver's Edge first reported on. I'll add that real quick. That visited Oregon State a couple weeks ago. Um, Smith talked about today um, not wanting a lot of stop-gap, you know, quick-fix guys, but Eldridge would be that as a graduate transfer who could potentially get a sixth year, um, but obviously you don't want to you know, bank on that because the NCAA mm. can be... Um, you know, pretty fickle on that. But Brendan, let's kind of go through the class um, position by position. Um, Brendan, obviously I'm the guy who covers the recruiting day in and day out. You're more focused on the team aspect, but you know, you dabble in some recruiting as the year goes on. I know you definitely follow it a little bit at least. But as you're talking to Tibisar and Lindgren, I know you had lengthy interviews with those two guys on Wednesday. And then obviously uh, Jonathan Smith's presser which was about 20 minutes you got caught up to speed on the on the recruiting class and, and hearing from those two guys so definitely want to hear your input tristan Jebia is a guy we've talked about a bunch and uh has been on campus so let's start at the quarterback position um thoughts on Jebia vibe you got from the coaches on him
1: uh just a very a very very smart, cerebral quarterback who, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, kind of seems like the quarterback of the future. Um, you know, uh, Brian Lindgren, you know, kind of uh, um, had the most to say about him. Jonathan Smith kind of just did a quick little snippet on all the guys, didn't go super into depth. But the nice thing was when I sat down with, you know, the offense or the offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, I was able to go a little bit more in depth uh, with the class themselves. And Um, with Lindgren being the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator, uh, you know, he's going to be the one working with, um, Jebbia one-on-one he said, he's just real excited to be able to, um, work with him on a more consistent basis. You know, he kind of hinted or kind of said that this last year, um, he didn't get a chance to work with him a lot one-on-one because he and Nick Moore both being ineligible were you know, mostly on the scout team. And, um, you know, he was mostly focused on the guys uh, preparing for the week. So he's real excited to work with them on a more consistent basis. Um, and just really, really had nothing but good things to say about his leadership skills, how quickly his teammates like him. Um, you know, I want to see what he can do on the field. But from uh, just from the eye test, and from what I've heard, nothing but good things about Jebia And that's, truly is what Oregon State needs is consistency at the quarterback position because that's how they can, you know, grow chemistry. And Oregon State's quarterback position been a rotating door the last couple of years. So the hope is that Tristan can lock it down.
0: Yeah, and without Jake, who, you know, may or may not return to the team, if he's not back next year, man, just three scholarship quarterbacks, Aiden Willard, yep. um, Jack Coletto, and, and Tristan Jebbia. Of course, Connor Blount transferred. Um and, and Jake Dukart left the team. Uh, a few but months hey, back. I mean,
1: the Oregon State coaches, for what it's worth, had a lot of nice things to say about Nick Moore today, which kind of Kind of caught me off guard a little bit, and it was it was almost you know both coaches went out of their way to kind of say that today. You know, I was talking about the quarterbacks with Lindgren, and he was like, you know, Nick Moore and Jebia kind of locked down the scout team unit, and he was like on Sundays, you know, Nick Moore, he's not the biggest guy, not the you know, most cannon arm guy, but he moved the offense. So he has some nice things to say. So you never know. Um, the interesting thing that I did pick up on when Lindgren was talking about Coletto and Jebia and Jake, he didn't, uh, didn't mention Aiden Willard okay. uh, at all. So interesting to see, you know, if that's going to be, if that's just kind of a theme or if he's just kind of like a guy that's just there, or, I found that to be a little interesting today for sure.
0: Let's uh, talk running back, move on. Um, Beavs added. Um, Teron Madison, uh, I believe he was a four-star prospect at one point. Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, he was a four-star. Uh, got dropped down to a, th- a 5.7. Not a, not a big deal. Um, it's just dropping down from a low four to a high three. Like if someone dropped from a low or, uh, excuse me, a mid three-star to a low three-star, you wouldn't really think anything of it. might not even notice it. But when you go from a a low four to a high three, it's the same drop, but you go from four-star to a three-star. So it seems like a big deal. But anyways, um, so yeah, Teron Madison signing with um, Oregon State. And let let me add, um, he got dropped before he committed to Oregon State before the Rivals analysts even know he was going to Oregon State, so just go ahead and drop that rhetoric. That stuff can annoy (laughs) me. Um, But anyways, Tron Madison, um, you know, a guy who, yeah, did play a bunch of positions in high school, and Jonathan Smith touched on that. uh, Versatile guy. Um, Man, Oregon State's running back group looks really good. Jamar Jefferson, APs. I cannot believe he's going to be a senior already. Right. yeah, Calvin Tyler uh, coming back healthy. Uh, man, running back group looks pretty good. And Tron Madison is a guy who could play as a freshman, especially with the new rule. You know, you could play him in four games and and then see, or you know, he could play in every game. He's that talented.
1: Yeah, I like Taron Madison a lot too. You know, whether it was Smith Lindgren, uh, you know, just what you and I have discussed. You know, in the you know, talk about the recruiting class a little bit um you know he was kind of he was oregon state's only running back recruit and the coaching staff liked him a lot and you know with a lot of these guys you know kind of secured his services early they hung on to him and uh yeah i mean he's i mean given the depth i think it's good that they you know didn't overload themselves you know he can come in play special teams probably early get some early playing time and things will open up but yeah that running back stable looking real deep right now
0: good stuff brendan um Let's move to receiver. Um, Oregon State added Tyjohn Lindsay in the fall, and he's been in Corvallis and practiced with the team, and just uh, Anthony Gould. Um, Oregon State had uh, Trayvon Clark committed, a junior college wide receiver, during the season. Um, And and then he decommitted, and Oregon State was like, okay... (laughs) See ya. Uh, we're good with Tajon freaking Lindsay and Anthony Gould. Um, Sources pretty fired up about how much faster Oregon State got a receiver. Um, both are smaller kind of slot guys, but super fast. And Tajon Lindsay, I saw him um, at a camp, um, the Rivals Five Star Challenge. Uh, I believe this would have been 2016. So this is the summer before his senior year, and the dude was built like a like a truck, like, um, yeah, drum blanks, like a, I would say kind of like a Tino Allen, you know, Tino Allen's got that, uh, he's built for a guy under six yep. foot, kind of, kind of Taishon Lindsey's like that, but faster than Tino probably, and Tino's pretty quick, um, so yeah, both of those guys, Brendan, what, what do you kind of see at the receiver position next year, Timmy Hernandez has graduated, and then you got Isaiah Hodgins, and Colby Taylor, and Champ Flemings, and you know, what do you see as the starting two outside receivers and then the main two slot guys kind of put you on the spot?
1: Yeah, I, I see a lot of playmakers and a lot of po- ways that Tristan Jebia or whoever it is at quarterback can spread the ball around because, you know, um, Jebbia and Lindsey already have a little bit of chemistry. I would imagine that, you know, he'll build one with Isaiah Hodgins, Trayvon Bradford, um, you mentioned Champ Flemings, Colby Taylor, there's going to be a lot of really dynamic players to get the ball around and get it to. You know, uh, Lindsay, I think, presents a, um, an upgrade. You know, now, you know, you don't obviously read into stars all the time, but when you, you're starting two four stars and legit four stars, that I think, and Isaiah Hodgins and Lindsay who complement each other well, uh, Bradford or Flemings or even Anthony Gould, who, you know, the coaching staff's really high on. Um, there's going to be a lot of weapons and, you know, they wanted to, you know, they need to improve route running. They need to improve on getting open quicker, but, uh, from the outset, you know, it's a very deep group with a lot of versatility and it looks like they're going to have lots of ways to spread the ball around, get guys in space, uh, offensively, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, the Beavers certainly have some playmakers and it kind of feels like now they've got all the pieces together. We'll see what happens when they get on the field, but definitely fired up about that uh, receiving coordinate with the addition of Lindsey, because I think it's very, very good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and just kind of thinking it back to, I'd say Hodgins as a recruit, Um, obviously Lindsey was considering Nebraska. He signed there. Hodgins was considering Nebraska, too. Um, both guys uh, from California, I'm sure, You know, they had maybe gone on a visit to Nebraska and I mean, Nebraska's been good to Oregon State, man. Yeah, <laughs> been they have. pretty good. Yeah, um, they have. You know.
1: No, it was. It's funny you mention that because when I grabbed Lindgren this or uh, yesterday morning, rather, he was. I was. You know, we were kind of going through the recruit list, and I was like, you know, another Nebraska transfer, and he was like, yeah, they've been good to us. <laughs> so I mean, you know, what else can you say? I mean, um, you know, you got to look at the relationship that Trent Bray had there, the relationship that um mike riley had there even though he's not with the program at the current moment and then uh even to an extent you look at like you know um director of player ops dan van Der wright was there the oregon state's got a lot of connections yeah. to nebraska james rogers as well so yeah i mean it's exciting to get these guys that want to you know move a little bit more to the west coast and i know that was the case with tyjon Lindsay and addison gums who we'll get into later but uh yeah no oregon state uh, definitely pulled Pulled a few fast ones from Scott Frost, that's I, for sure.
0: I can't remember who said it on our message board, but after Lee Koo um, committed to UCLA, someone was like, <laughs> does Nebraska have any more transfers or Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm kidding. it's oh, funny. Okay, so tight end, we're going to say signed Luke Musgrave. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, and he kind of seems to be... Uh, uh, a gem of the class, a guy who's super productive, and heck, if tight end doesn't work out, he could probably play like outside linebacker DN too. He's a really physical kid. I think he's going to yep. be uh, really good in the run-blocking game, and he's a good pass catcher. We're gonna Oregon State's tight end group looks really good. Noah Togiai is a senior, and then after that, you know, Isaiah Smalls, Tegan Quatoriano, and Luke Musgraves, a heck of a young trio. Um, Oregon State's signed in the past couple years. So, things looking good at tight end. Brian Lindgren, um, you know, his offenses, you look at what he did at Colorado um, and at Oregon State this year, they don't throw the tight end very often. Um, you know, this is spread offense. You know, if the tight end's in there, it's typically as an H-back blocking. Um, or, is it, is, you know, you'll see the tight end kind of split out in the slot, but maybe as a decoy. So, um it'll be interesting to see if that's because he hasn't really loved his tight ends as targets or if it's because of his offense. We'll see, you know, we'll see I kind of how that I, goes moving forward.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think it's the former for sure, Mike, because I actually did get a chance just to briefly kind of say, you know, with Musgrave and ask him, you know, do you, do you anticipate doing that a little bit more? And, 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 and he said, yeah, he said, you know, he, he and Jonathan Smith both liked having a tight end and he said that they wanted to get a little bit more versatility in there. And I think, they will be able to throw the ball to to the tight end a little bit more. And we kind of saw it a little bit uh, in spring and fall, you know, back when um, one of Jake Luton's favorite targets was, or, uh, you know, at least before um, was, you know, Noah Tongiay. He gets hurt. And I think then they kind of had to back off a little bit because I don't think Isaiah Smalls and Tegan Quatoriano, who had to start the season, and I don't think Noah Tongiay was ever really 100% coming back. I think they kind of had to limit themselves a little bit with what sure. they could do with the tight ends. Granted, my conjecture, but I think, I mean, if you're getting a guy like Luke Musgrave, you mentioned Smalls, uh, Quatoriano, both those guys, a year season, a year better. Tongui with the hope that he'll have a, you know, a more comfortable senior season, um, you know, maybe maybe they'll look to get it more involved next year.
0: Yep, good stuff. Let's move to the offensive line. Um, unless I'm missing something, as of right now, Oregon State only has 12 offensive linemen. Um and typically you want around, you know, 15 to 17 scholarship offensive linemen. Um, and five of those linemen are sophomores, um, which is a little interesting. About, you know, half of them are in that sophomore class. Uh, I, I think, you know, looking at the numbers, the Beavs might be able to add, you know, four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Um, in the February signing period, or after that in the terms, in grad transfers, or just regular transfers, whatever, Um, I I would like to think Oregon State brings in one older offensive lineman, and whether that's Nathan Eldridge, or or junior college guy who kind of falls through the cracks, or whatever, and then one more high school offensive lineman, Um, that's that's kind of my feeling here, but yeah, a little low on numbers right now, but See, the offense line seems pretty good. I mean, um, moving along, because you'll have Brandon Kipper, who should be ready to take a starting role, and I know you'll you'll talk about this, Brendan. Jake good. we've heard the world of. I think yep. he's going to be ready for a starting role um, as a, what, redshirt freshman. Right. Yep. Uh, Blake Brandle, not Can- – Brandle like candle, <laughs> will be a, a senior. Um, he – what, this will be his third year starting as a full-time yep. starter, so he should be a solid Gus Lavaca, another three-year starter. So there's four, I think, pretty solid linemen. Um, and then, you know, you look at a guy like Nathan Eldridge, if he can come in and start at center. And then you have some pretty decent guys uh, off the bench. Um, you know, Clay Cordasco hasn't played a whole lot, but he'll be a senior um Onesimus Lutu Clark will be in his redshirt sophomore season. Um, you know, he was a pretty decent recruit coming out of high school. Don't know how far along he is at the moment. You got Travis McKay, Brock Wells free, um, also redshirt sophomore. So you got some pieces there, but I think a lot of this will depend on um, if Oregon State can get Nathan Eldridge or who else they can maybe muster up and grab. You know, moving forward to add to this offensive line, they definitely need to add somebody. Um, but yeah, what are your kind of thoughts on the offensive line, Brendan?
1: Well, I want to open this with a question to you, Mike. And that's do you think, you know, you mentioned the high number of, you know, underclassmen in the offensive line. Do you think, you know, obviously got Rob Vanderlyn coming in, Joshua mm-hmm. Gray, um, Josh Bocut, both those guys expected to join Vanderlyn. Do you think it's possible that in this instance, Jim Mahalczyk is perhaps, and the coaching staff, is, you know, right now, just for, for all, you know, for what reason, pleased with the recruits that um, the former offensive line coaching staff brought in, and they're they're excited about these young kids, and maybe, you know, maybe they didn't feel the need to bring in a ton of guys because they like what they have in the young guys?
0: I think that they like what they have in Vanderland and Gray and Bocut, but I still they definitely still need to bring in more recruits on the offensive line just for sheer numbers and depth. And because, yeah, these young guys are good, but they're not ready to start at center right now. You know, like Vanderland looks like a uh, more like a tight end, you know, in some of his yeah. pictures. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not trying to bash the, the young guy at all or anything. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, he is exactly, exactly what I'm talking about when I say Oregon State needs to find some hidden gems because he had plenty of P5 interest. But none of them offered. Oregon State did, um, and they see something in him. Not that not. I'm not saying that like the other schools were kind of interested in like, and uh, we don't want him. I think they just, you know, didn't have the guts to pull the offer, you know, pull the trigger with an offer. And Oregon State did, you know, because they did their due diligence and scouting. But anyways, yeah, I think that they like the young guys. I think Joshua Gray. I think in high school, some schools back, and this is just kind of, um, you know, I'm just going to kind of off the cuff here, but I think some schools in high school for him kind of, some of these colleges kind of backed off because he did get pretty thin as a senior. He had some offers and then, you know, schools kind of cooled on him. And then Oregon State took him as a gray shirt, which meant instead of enrolling with the team last summer, he's going to come in this January. He's put on like 20 or 30 pounds. He's up to like 275 Right now, um, coming in as a true freshman at what 18 or 19 years old, um, so I think Joshua Gray is going to be really good down the line. Yeah, I, I like where Oregon State's offensive line sits, but I still think they need a Nathan Eldridge to yep. to plug and play, and then you know another offensive lineman or two. You know, I I wouldn't be shocked if they had three offensive linemen. Um, I mean, man, this December early signing period. In a, the, ba- the past like month, it's been all about offensive and defensive linemen. You are not hearing anything about any other position. A few, sorry, I just <laughs> a few weeks ago, there we were kind of hearing some stuff about us. Uh, you know, we're gonna say bringing in a safety, but Akili Arnold went to Utah State and he's gonna go play for Gary Anderson's Big Boy Pants. And <laughs>
1: not okay, not okay. <laughs> You and, can't uh, go there, Mike. You can't go there. The alums are not going to like you for using that phrase. No uh, way.
0: It's too funny. It's never going to die. But, um, yeah, so as soon as safety talk kind of dwindled down, Oregon State missed on some targets and then said, yeah, we don't really need one. It's been all offensive and defensive line. I'll be interested to see in this February signing period if Oregon State starts to look at some quarterback options um, I think that's the only other position that Oregon State really needs. But otherwise, it um, may be a safety because you're looking at Oregon State's safety depth. It's um, scholarship-wise, you got four sophomores and two seniors, so they could you know balance that out a little bit, bring in a freshman, um, or, or you know you can move a, one of these young cornerbacks they have um, over to safety. But getting ahead of myself. Again, yeah, so I expect offensive line and defensive line to be a heavy point of emphasis moving forward for recruiting. Let's move on to defensive line. Um, Oregon State, man, added a bunch of guys here. Um, Kelson Hennessy, Corey Stover, Evan Bennett as the high school guys, um, Simon Sandberg and Jordan Whitley as the junior college guys, Sandberg a defensive end, Whitley a defensive tackle. Um, So you got Bennett who is coming in in january and is a guy who could play early whitley mm-hmm. also coming in in january pretty sure i'm gonna double check on that real quick i can't remember yes. off the top yeah
1: of whitley whitley will be here in january okay
0: yep. whitley's a guy that's to uh 320 um so those guys can really help out elu Aiden at nose tackle, the defensive end, Sandberg, wh- whether or not he's really going to be ready to play this season, I'm not sure coming off that ACL injury. But Hennessy, and, and he's listed at 6'5", 265. And I've been told Oregon State does not em- like embellish on these height and weights. That's that's what they are. Um, like when Isaac Hodgins was listed at like 6'2", 265, most schools would have put him at like 6'2", 290. You know, that's just kind of what schools do. But Oregon State puts the real height and weights on these kids. So I, I thought Hennessy at 6'5", 265, I'm like, he's the same weight as Simon Sandberg. He's a couple inches taller, yeah. but it's the same same weight as Sandberg. Um, so I think he I, I, is someone who could play as a true freshman. I, I wasn't thinking that uh, come, coming into signing day, but, you know, he could play. I think Corey Stover needs a red shirt. Um, and then, yeah, Jordan Whitley could pl- start right away potentially. I think – Lou Aiden was pretty good last season, surprisingly, uh, and better than people give him credit for. So is the Oregon State defensive line maybe looking kind of good for
1: next year, or am I getting ahead of myself? Starting with Evan Bennett, you know, Tim are really liked um, the fact that the Beavers were able to hang on to him through the whole process. They were the first to offer him. Um, he got a bunch of offers along the way, and they were able to hang on to him. They figure him to maybe be a guy that could play on that defensive line li- right away. Um Kelson Hennessy, we talked about it. A guy that's six foot five, two sixty five as a high school kid uh, is impressive. You know, he's from Clackamas. He only, you know, uh, local another local product knows um, what it takes to win. Clackamas been a really good football program. I like him a lot. Uh, Simon Sandberg, um, maybe the coolest story of this recruiting class coming over from Sweden. Um, he ends up, um, you know, probably gonna miss. Uh, spring uh as he's recovering from a knee injury suffered in fall camp that kept him out this season kind of under the radar guy a little bit um Corey Stover would be a guy that I expect the Beavers to maybe redshirt sooner than later um Tibisar kind of said that you know he did a lot of everything for Coos Bay this last year but that they want to add some more weight to him and get and he can kind of grow into his six foot six frame and then Jordan Whitley um you know, 6'2, 320, that's, that's an impressive playmaker. Oregon came on to him late. Uh, we talked about that on the damn board. And, um, you know, from, from top to bottom, I think they got size. I think they got depth. And to be honest, I think some even some of their, you know, uh, outside linebackers, so to speak, can play close to the line of scrimmage. So, in terms of, you know, you combine these guys that I think at least a couple of them could play right away with. Um, Bradley Bickler and Keyshawn Dawkins, who are going to be redshirt freshmen uh, this next year, who I think have some decent potential too. A couple more local guys. Combine them with, you know, Elu Aiden and some of these outside linebackers, and the Beavers will finally have some options on the defensive line and can rotate guys, keep guys fresh. So I really like what they brought in with the defensive line. Obviously, you would have liked to get, um, a, you know, a guy like Liku, but, you know, from top to bottom, their size, they fill needs, and. Maybe more importantly than any, they're going to have depth. And we talked about the defensive line being, you know, without much depth this last season. And they weren't able to fix it until the recruiting class came in. And now it looks like they've at least got some help on the way.
0: As you mentioned, some of the guys even on the team, you didn't bring up Jeremy Reichner, who's the best yeah. defensive line yep. on the team. Isaac yep. Hodgins, who started every game. Isaac Garcia, yep. who I think was mainly undersized. And that's why I think he was only playing defensive end, like 250 pounds last season. Yeah. So hopefully, yep, for sure. you know, for Oregon State's sake, he's bigger next season. And yeah, Bickler and Dawkins are two totally kind of uh, unknown, untapped potential guys. Really,
1: John too, Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, McCart
0: so. more of an outside linebacker. We're just sticking to the DNs, Brandon. Come on, get it together. <laughs> but <laughs> for sure. if you want to talk about, all right, let's put the orange shades on, throw on the Go Beaves shirt. All right. Kelson Hannesy can be a freaking stud. Seriously, he can be really good. Corey Stover, um, I don't when I write out my signing day uh, signing classic Perlitus piece, I don't know what he's gonna get, but he's gonna get freaking something, because I love Corey Stover. Um he's yeah, listed like at 6'6. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him six seven, okay? Six okay. seven, he's two twenty five, so he is rail thin right now. Um for six seven, you know. Um but he's gonna be really good down the line. Evan Bennett can be a freak at nose tackle. Yep. Like I said, Bickler and Dawkins. This time last year, we were kind of saying the same things about those guys—big, long, athletic, physical. So, man, oh, the Oregon State could be really good. I want to get ahead of yeah. myself here, but no. along this defensive line, Oregon State could be really good.
1: Now, I'm going to throw on my my orange shades as well for this instance because you mentioned Corey Stover, and I got to throw in a little another little nugget from Tibisar today, and. You know he, you know he. We we had a great, car, or rather, excuse me, from Wednesday, and he had a great he had a great little piece when it came to Stover, and he said, you know, he's so big and needed to grow into his frame, and he said, you know, a six. He said verbatim that you know those guys that are that big, you know, he's like if he's six foot six, two forty, two fifty, already grown into his frame, he's probably going to have offers from you know. Alabama, you know, offers some big time schools. He said, here at Oregon State, we can get this guy, six foot six, 225, allow him to grow into his frame and let him kind of become that great playmaker that we expect him to be. So, um, you know, another local guy. You got to love getting the local products, especially, you know, Hennessy and Stover, two Oregon guys. And, you know, um, it's always good when you have a couple guys from the state on your team because it just adds, you know, that much more of a. Uh, I wouldn't say motivation, but just, you know, it makes your program a little bit more wholesome, I think.
0: I'll throw this at you, Brendan. So you got in practice on a Sunday when those young guys get in, you got Corey Stover coming off the edge, and uh, who else is there to chip block him but Luke Musgrave? And you got a little Ooh. um you got a little Marshfield Ben rivalry continuing yeah. in Corvallis. I like, that.
1: I like that. I like that. So
0: yeah, um, Oregon State's defensive line's been pretty woeful the past few years, but things are looking up. Maybe not be a a fantastic improvement in 2019. You know, if Oregon State was the worst rushing defense in 2018, they're not going to get into the top six in 2019. But, you know, hey, maybe moving a few spots up. And then I think, you know, you look into 2020, um, you know, when some of these Jonathan Smith recruits are getting older Um, You could see a a good difference. But it's not like Smith's abandoning the next year's run defense, too. I think Whitley will help. Don't sleep on a Lou Aiden. I think he's kind of got his conditioning thing figured out and got his body in a good place to play, you know, 40 snaps or so a game in a a positive starting role moving forward. Jeremy Reichner, Mickey Fafita um, will be a senior. We haven't even mentioned him. Um, Isaac Hodgins will be a year older and a year better, so...
1: Last thing I have on the defensive line, Mike, how how cool do you think it is? And, you know, maybe keeping the orange colored glasses on a little bit They're on, that, man. <laughs> that uh, Kelson Hennessy that, you know, Tibisar, you know, specifically wanted and, and even Jonathan Smith too, wanted to say that, you know, he is such a diehard Oregon State fan that he didn't miss a home game this season. <laughs> Granted, from Clackamas. But still, how cool is that when you have a recruit that is giving, you know, I mean, those are not, you know, official visits or anything. That's a recruit that, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, switching over to basketball, Peyton Dastrup and his father making the trip to St. Louis, even though, you know, he wasn't a part of the team, just for the love of Oregon State. So you got to love a guy like that.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, these local commits, they they went to pretty much every game. It's its definitely awesome to see that in, in supporting the team. Let's move to linebacker. One interesting thing, Brendan, in reading your story, have to plug it. It was an awesome read. Um,
1: Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, Brendan, great job. I think when when you sent me the articles, like six pages long on Microsoft <laughs> it Word. Was um, it was long. It was long. You know, the Oregon State Beavers Football National Signing Day notebook, super generic title, super non-generic story. It was great stuff with quotes from the coaches, breaking down uh, every single recruit, pretty much, uh, breaking down every single position uh, position group. But, um, lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Um, Tim Tibisar mentioned something I thought was pretty interesting, talking about Omar Spates um, and how he's going to play inside linebacker, which I've yes. reported countless times, but really singling out how he wants to use him as a blitzing inside linebacker.
1: Yes, no, I, I thought that was interesting. They said he, you know between between Omar Spates and then, you know, seeing what Tim Tevasar, you know, the, the wording that he used on on him and Addison Gums both calling them both grown ass man or men in this situation, you know, that he, his eyes lit up when he talked about those guys. And he's like, these are two big time guys. And, you know, for Oregon state fans, that's gotta be a breath of fresh air just to see that there's okay. Now they've got a couple guys that you're like, okay, you know, they can make a big difference. Oregon state finally has some of those playmakers on paper. And, um, you know, between, um, Gums playing on the outside, but Spates. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't right away expect him to go to inside. You know, when he first committed, you know, we kind of heard that maybe he was going to be outside. Then it kind of moved a little bit, but then, like you mentioned, using him as that blitzing kind of speedy, powerful inside linebacker—that's something the Beavers haven't had.
0: No, definitely. I mean, looking at next year's linebacking corps, and again, in a three-four defense, you have to rotate. Those guys in a lot, uh, rotate them in and out. Um, shoot, Avery Roberts starting that inside linebacker. Um, heck, I mean, yeah. could Omar Spates start as a true freshman? It's possible. Isaiah Tufango will be a sophomore, Shamar Smith will be a senior. I don't know, I'm not too fired up about those guys. I think Omar Spates could potentially start as a true freshman inside linebacker. I, you know, that might sound like, you know, maybe a little crazy. Tufaga played starter uh, starter snaps. He even started a few games, and I would take Omar Spates over over him. Um, Doug Tamalu will also be back. Um, and, and, oh, my
1: and, Mike, you butchered the name Dal Come on, give 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 Dougie T a little credit.
0: It's been a long day, Brendan. You don't know how <laughs> early I've been up. Uh, no,
1: I just gotta give I gotta give my main guy Dougie T some credit. I mean, you know, he was he made the Civil War with his hit on Justin Herbert, one of the I've, one of the I've, high I've, spots of that game. I, I gotta have given give him love.
0: plenty of love. You know that.
1: I'm just giving you a hard time.
0: I, 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 it was a few months ago in the in the damn board. I was like, we just need to give this young man some credit because he's been yep. playing a lot of snaps and no one ever talks about him ever and he, he makes plays. I agree. But yeah, I think Omar Space can start as a true freshman. I'm just going to throw that out there. Looking at outside linebacker, Ryan Franke, um the Beavers added there. Um, did they add another outside? Uh, and Addison Gums, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Figure Gums will be
1: a starter, then opposite of him, you know, you maybe got. Ma- maybe Matthew Tago? Or do you think even he's maybe still not, you know, ready, given no, the talent? No, I like Tago. Hammock Cover Shed, maybe. Key
0: Wetzel, Andres Hughes Murray. I wonder if Hughes Murray could slide back to inside. I don't know. You got a, lot of, got a lot of guys there. I honestly wouldn't be shocked to see somebody transfer with all of these bodies that Oregon State
1: has outside linebacker. John McCartan. Yep. You know, I mean, at, at this point, I kind of think, you know, with some of these this influx of talent, you know, coming into the year, we talked about a lot about, you know, the Oregon State linebackers, and, you know, not to not to mince words, but I think they underperformed, and, you know, Oregon State now brings in a big ton of guys, and I think it's kind of where you, you know, if you're Trent Bray and Tibisar who handled the um, inside and outside linebackers respectively, you're kind of like, all right, guys, you know, some of the guys that are in the program, I think you kind of got to be like – You know, put up or shut up a little bit in the sense of, hey, we got some talented guys coming in. I know maybe you've started for a couple seasons, but we can't be that bad on defense again. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, to see some new guys uh, get in there and maybe even see a couple of the veterans, you know, play less snaps or even transfer, as you mentioned.
0: All right, Brennan, throw the orange shades on. Um, (laughs) Let's let's
1: do it. I don't think they came off for you, though, Mike.
0: (laughs) Omar Spates, four star, inside linebacker, starter. Avery Roberts, four-star linebacker, starter. Addison Gums, four-star linebacker, starter. Matthew Tago was not a four-star. He might have been on 247, but um, bona fide recruit who had had Nebraska and UCLA and USC offers who signed with Oregon State, that looks like a pretty damn good linebacking corpse. Um, Yeah,
1: I agree, 100%. 100% all the Uh, way through.
0: Let's move to the defensive backfield. Oregon State added Winston Russell, Alex Austin, and JoJo Forrest. All three guys are kind of um, young men who they're brought in at cornerback, but honestly could move to safety. I think all three of them can. Um, I would say... I don't know which one would the most likely be, because I I think all three of them, their best spot would be corner, but they could move to safety as well. That's what schools love, you know, guys who can play multiple positions. Uh, Cornerback, looking at my scholarship chart, you got nine corners um, and six safeties. Um, So, you know, you could see some more uh, talent brought in at safety, but, um, yeah, things are looking pretty good. I like the young guys. Um, you know, Oregon State can use a healthy Jay Irvine, a healthy Isaiah Dunn, a healthy yep. Omar hicks new assuming his situation's just been kind of weird and mysterious the past year, um, his injury. But assuming he's coming back. Um, Jalen you know, Moore back. Jalen Moore back, David Morris, yep. Moku Watson, Jeffrey Manning, Trejon Cotton. Um, all guys will be redshirt sophomores, so hey, Caleb Hayes started yeah. pretty much every game. Deshaun Wilson looked okay. Oh, crap, I guess he, I don't know if he's coming back right. I forgot about him. Yeah, uh, he's,
1: I think he's still around, but I don't know if, if it's been any He's th-
0: suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Sorry, and, and so I, forget forget Deshaun, Deshaun Wilson. Jaden Robinson, who's yeah. um, played here and there, but took a redshirt season in 2018 nothing super spectacular but you know pretty, and i think it's, a, it's an okay secondary
1: yeah and and the thing the question i have for you, for you mike is you know um we obviously knew that winston russell was kind of tivisar's guy you know they, they've they've been you know connected ever since his time at wisconsin were you surprised that you know in in the world of how guys flip with coaching changes and whatnot that Alex, granted it's only two guys that Alex Austin and JoJo Forrest stayed true to Oregon state, even with Greg Burns taking off to USC. You know, I kind of mentioned it briefly in my story, but did, you know, do you, did you think there was a possibility of any, any kind of a thing there or were those guys sold on Jonathan Smith's vision to a T you think?
0: I don't know if anyone's going to like this answer, but I think a part of it. and, And when, the Greg Burns, um, you know Newsbrook. I didn't think about it for a second. I was like, "Oh, Oregon State's going to lose these guys." I didn't. That didn't even cross my mind. Um, and, and honestly, part of that is because, and maybe I'm misinformed here, but I don't know who like uh, other Power Five schools that were coming after Alex Austin and JoJo Forrest. Maybe they, they that was a thing, but not that I know of. Um, they certainly didn't post anything on social media that I know of either. But no, I wasn't surprised at all. Um that that kind of thing might happen if you're a four or five star recruit that's sure. uncommitted committed and considering a school. Um, gotcha. but if you're already committed to that program for months and you're bought in and you have a great relationship with the head coach and defensive coordinator to see Greg Burns go, yeah, that kind of sucks. But um yeah, it's not like a I don't think it's a deal breaker especially when Jonathan Smith can go into your home and say I'm going to get somebody, you know, just as good if not better. So
1: yeah, and, and yeah, and you know just a last couple thoughts on on the secondary guys, you know, we've talked about it for um, you know, when we've d- broken down the class in previous podcasts, but I like Alex Austin, so did Tim Tibassar, you know, the uh, you know, he went to a really good high school, Long Beach Poly. I know we've talked about it before. Um, I think that's a really high level of competition in California he's bigger at 6 foot 1 185 uh even jojo Forrest, you know 5 foot 11 165 if you know you you mentioned that Oregon state doesn't you know stretch the numbers so to speak on heights and weights and uh you know knowing the austin 6 foot 1 185 particularly i think he might have an outside chance to play right away maybe even as a true freshman and you know maybe he red shirts and plays in four games maybe he does a little bit more but he's a uh, He's the guy that I'm really looking at in this class just because um, of the size in Oregon State you know you look at a guy like you know Sean Wilson who played a lot of snaps this year a little undersized and at times you saw that's where Oregon State you know the bigger receivers in the pack kind of picked on him a little bit and that's where you you need guys like Jay Irvine, guys like Isaiah Dunn, guys like even potentially Austin in the future so on. Uh, to be able to you know go stride for stride with some of these big athletic receivers in the Pac12 and I think I think they've got that in Austin Forrest and even Russell I think these guys are a little under the radar but I I like what they bring to the table.
0: Yeah definitely my favorite of the group yeah it would be Alex Austin of the the Corners Oregon State signed I think he I, I think you hit it right on the head I think he can play as a true freshman. Winston Russell, 5'9", 165. I believe he was even smaller than he was listed on rivals. I think he was listed at 5'10", 5'11", 165. Um, So, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, to put on the orange shades, um, (laughs) to throw those back on. Yeah, back on. Uh, Several of these corners, talking about Austin, Forrest, Jaden Robinson, those are all guys who, yeah, they're very versatile, can play – Outside corner, nickel, potentially move to safety. I like that. When you look back at guys like Jeffrey Manning and Trajan Cotton, they were actually kind of corner-safety combo recruits um, who found their home at safety. So you, you know, you know, they could play corner down the road. Who knows? So um, they, those guys can move around. I like Caleb Hayes. He's a six-three cornerback. He's only going to get better. He was, you know, starting most of those games as a red-shirt freshman. But, yeah, the seniors, uh, Oregon State will lose after this season. You know, you'll miss those guys, especially Jay Irvine, even though he's been hurt so much. He's Mm -hmm. uh, probably the best defensive back on the team. Um, But one guy we haven't really talked about much, um, David Morris, very good safety who Oregon State missed a lot this season. He'll be back, um, and, yeah, he'll help out the secondary a lot.
1: Yeah, big time. You know, David Morris, you know, you talk about the, you know, we talked all the time about you know these 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 four star transfers right that came in are gonna be instant impact you almost kind of have to look at the same way with david morris and uh jay irvine in the way that those guys one of them didn't play and one play didn't play safety all season so you almost have to look at jay irvine and david morris if they're healthy back next season as two more instant impact guys that you think okay they're gonna start and you know all of a sudden. Things are getting exciting in the uh, in the Oregon State secondary and all across. You know, I think the worst of the you know the worst parts of the early Jonathan Smith regime are in the rear view, and now the Beavers got some help on the way. Staying healthy is a part of the game, and it's you know something that's you can't control, but at least on paper, we've talked about that a lot. But the uh, the Beavers are uh, they they made a, a lot of they a, a lot of adjustments to try to get better, and uh, I've been impressed with uh, you know how they've gone about trying to improve this team steadily
0: good stuff brendan thank you for joining me on the edge podcast today we definitely uh, there's some other kind of topics i wanted to get to but we're we're running pretty long but before we wrap up um want to talk about some stuff that's happened on the website um of course we still have our promotion that is still going on but i believe it's going to end by the end of this week uh, not 100% sure on that, though. If you sign up for a new annual subscription, you get $99 to the Rivals Team Shop to buy new Oregon State, uh, all sorts of gear and memorabilia um, to, again, our Rivals Team Shop that is powered by Fanatics, so some good legit stuff. If you've gone bought stuff from Fanatics before, it's kind of the same deal. It's powered by Fanatics, their gear. As far as stories, man, coming up, we got a lot of stuff to wrap up National Signing Day. After uh, a day to decompress on uh, on, on uh, kind of Wednesday night and Thursday morning, I'm wrap I'm wrapping up the national signing day with takeaways from the day, talking about you know keeping the commits, um, you know Oregon State still have some opening spots and, and losing Ciali Lekas. So I'll have that all down in written form. Takeaways from national signing day, uh, man. Class superlatives, top five signees of the class. Key remaining targets for February, biggest area of concern moving forward for Oregon State, updating our eligibility chart, just ton of stuff uh, in the next couple weeks uh, as we move into the dead period and ramping up for coverage of February's normal national signing period. So yep, st- stay tuned to beaversedge.com for more. Brendan Slaughter, Mike Singer, we're signing off. Until next time.